Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. In the next couple days, I'll have a guest on to look at the Texans mess. And I'm scheduled to have MLB.com's Allison Footer on Tuesday to talk some Astros. So looking forward to that later this week. Keep an eye out for both of those. But the NFL or the NBA finals are over And it looks like the NBA's real season immediately revs up, and it couldn't have revved up any faster than it did this weekend with the Anthony Davis trade with AD now and L.A. Laker. I have to bring in my old college friend, Stephen Sakach, who owns LakersGround.net, which is the number one Lakers fan forum, LakersGround.net. It's kind of the clutch fans for Lakers fans. And Stephen, what did you think when you heard the news about the Brow joining Braun? You know, even though you're kind of anticipated it happening and, you know, it's been talked about forever, it was still pretty, you know, stunning when it happened. You're just uh, blown away a little bit. And, of course, my phone was blowing up as well. The Lakers trade away Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Lonzo, well, and LeVar Ball, which I'm sure you're devastated about losing him. <laughs> uh, explain the draft picks that they gave up and the conditions on the picks, because there's also all of these first rounders and it's a typical NBA trade, which is a mess. Yeah, it's, well, I don't even know that it's typical. It was a lot of picks and a lot of different things going on there. So they also gave up the number four of this year's draft. They were lucky enough to move up from 11 to four in the lottery. Then Pelicans have a bunch of options coming up. So in 2021, there's a, it's top eight protected, but for the Pelicans. So if it goes in the top eights, the Pelicans get the pick. If it doesn't, then 2022, that's when it will convey the next pick. And then the Pelicans have the right to swap a pick in 2023. So depending on whose is better, they can swap it there. And then uh, Lakers traded an unprotected 2024 pick. That also gives the Pelicans the right to defer it to 2025. So if they think, you know, uh, something's happening with the Lakers and maybe 2025, they have a better chance of getting a higher pick. The Pelicans have the right to do that then. So, yeah, a lot of different things going on. They're going to be pretty fluid for the next several years for the Lakers there. Anything that the Lakers gave up you wish they didn't? Definitely wish we had more protections on those picks. Everyone wanted to keep maybe one of Ingram or Ball if possible. Um, That just, you know, seems sort of impossible. Um, But um, I, I... I am glad they were able to keep Kuzma. He has a really friendly contract because he was picked late in the draft. Um, so that'll have implications for uh, this upcoming free agency, um, giving them some cap space. But yeah, the, the the picks were certainly kind of vicious going over to the Pelicans with just about everything up in the air for the next several years. Yeah, it's interesting that last pick that you mentioned, that's after LeBron's contract. He's going to be what, late 30s or 40s by the time that one gets conveyed. Yeah, so you don't know what's going to happen then. Of course, you know, a lot of stuff is still up in the air with what the Lakers are going to do with this cap space coming up in free agency. Can they get another star that's, you know, maybe Anthony Davis's age around there um, so that you could have a duo for, for years to come? Okay, so do you think this happens this early or at all if the Pelicans don't win the Zion sweepstakes? It's a good question. I I imagine they didn't want to go into the season with the Anthony Davis situation unsettled. Um, that's just, you know, uncomfortable look. Really, for this to happen to the Lakers, it was so much had to go wrong for Boston for this to happen. Um, I mean, if you look back and you think about it, Boston 
a while ago. They were in a bit of a driver's seat. They had signed Kyrie. They signed Gordon Hayward. They drafted Tatum. They had all these picks and assets. Everything was looking great. And then, of course, you know, game one, Hayward goes down with that, you know, just horrible injury. From that point on, um, now you got Kyrie possibly leaving for nothing. Some of the picks that Boston thought they were going to have um, that were going to be supremely valuable uh, didn't pan out that way. The teams did much better than people thought. So those picks weren't worth as much. And then Boston also ran into this technicality at the trade deadline where they couldn't trade for Anthony Davis because of the player status of Kyrie. There's a cap rule in there that kind of had them unable to make a trade at the, the deadline. So all this stuff going sideways for Boston and Kyrie now possibly leaving, they didn't want to put all their assets on the table with Anthony Davis possibly walking you know, after one year. So all that kind of had to go the Lakers way for this to happen. It seems like the Kyrie thing just recently where you hear all the rumors that he's going to Brooklyn. I mean, that that feels like the nail in the coffin for the Celtics, because if you're the Celtics, obviously, if you can keep Kyrie, then, you know, him and Anthony Davis have this great relationship and maybe you can sign Kyrie for long term. And then that convinces Anthony Davis and you, you roll the dice for a year because just we just saw what happened. Look at what happened with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, absolutely. That was it was, you know, I don't know if people were paying that close attention, but Kyrie, just the, you know, all the rumors that he's going to be leaving the team that just what's Boston going to do then they sell everything off for AD and then he's gone in a year. And then, uh, Ainge would be out of a job at that point. Cause he just lost everything. Woj also tweeted that the deal would be finalized July 6, but that could cost the Lakers some cap flexibility. Do you have the explanation for that? I think it's a, what a few million dollars if they could wait till the end of July, but can you wait till the end of July for with all this? Yeah, it's a little complicated in that regard. You know, I would think when their Lakers were negotiating this that letting it be known that they needed to wait July 30th for some stuff to happen because that gives them, you know, the full max cap space and makes it easier. Uh, I would have thought that would have been, you know, kind of front and center and you would have negotiated that. And that's why you give up, you know, what you did as making that part of the deal. But hard to say, it's still pretty fluid. Supposedly, you know, depending on what happens with the number four pick, maybe they change the data when this goes down. Um, so it does have cap ramifications for uh, the Lakers to wait if they can. What about how you fill out this roster with the Lakers? Uh, how do they do this? Is there another Max guy that they can get? Is there another Max guy that you want? Kawhi wouldn't be bad, would he? Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, obviously there's some Max guys out there that can, you know, really play. And a couple of them, though, you know, the finals is just so dramatic seeing Durant go down and then uh, Clay Thompson go down and, you know, the ripple effect that has with free agency and the whole uh, NBA. But as far as, you know, the guys available, you know, you could certainly, you want to check in with Kawhi, see if that's a possibility. You know, there's been rumblings about that. Uh, you want to check in with Kyrie, both those guys, um, they would fit great with the team. Uh, if not, then you kind of move on down the line with, you know, some of the other guys. I definitely think you want to get someone that's a max player um, for sure. And then you try and fill out the roster um, around that with minimums. And they'll have a $4.8 million exception coming up this offseason. In the next offseason, they'll have the full MLE to use. Um, so they've got some tools to build around the players they get. I know 
you know, you've you've got AD, LeBron, Kuzma, and you've got the kind of better shooting among that trio than the Lakers had in those positions last year. So maybe the floor is going to be spaced a little better. Um, you you want to get some shooting now for sure um, with your your next max spot if you can. So with the Lakers, you know, all the moves that they made, they they have room to just flat out sign somebody with the max, or do they have to? Do a sign and trade still? Or is there still a little bit of that that's got to happen? There's some maneuvering they can do. So if they can wait till July 30th for the trade to be fully completed, then um, they could have 32.5 million, I believe, in cap space. Then, and that'd be enough to get a max level free agent. So um, if they can't wait that long, then maybe they have to find a couple of takers for um, Mo Wagner and. Uh, Isak Bonga, who they've got on um, contract, the only other couple guys. Um, so if they can move them off the books, then maybe they, they work again to open up a max contract for him again. You mentioned Kawhi. It just seems like he's not been mentioned at all for the Lakers over the last year. It's always been the Clippers. He's somebody that you would think likes the little bit less of a spotlight than maybe the Lakers would be and, and maybe not wanting to be in the LeBron circus. Uh, is there anything about this that would you would think would make him change his mind? Because now there would be even more of a circus with Anthony Davis and LeBron there. I mean, you're asking me to get inside the mind of Kawhi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to venture what's going on in there. Um, you know, you could see him saying, hey, yeah, I just got a, a championship for Toronto. How awesome would it be to do the same with the Clippers? You know, a couple teams that have never, never done that before. Or you could see him saying, yeah, it would be great to build a, a dynasty-like team like uh, the Warriors where you've got multiple big stars on there and you just – are able to rattle off two or three contracts, um, two or three championships. It's hard. It's hard to say what's going on in his head um, at all. I mean, that's definitely a guessing game. All right. Say he goes to the Clippers or he stays in Toronto. You got Kyrie rumored to be going with Brooklyn. Say say he goes to Brooklyn. Uh, Jimmy Butler's out there. I don't know if that's somebody that you would be interested in. Tobias uh, also. Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker's, I guess, the one that's been maybe the most prominent of of maybe somebody that the Lakers would pursue and, and it somehow fits with LeBron because he is a shooter. I would think first for me, Jimmy Butler, probably because, you know, we could use more defense um, around LeBron, someone who can pick up guys. And then you can also say, uh, Kemba, you know, we need a point guard because we just we don't have any right now. So that would be valuable as well. Um, you could go either way with either of those guys. I'd probably uh, favor Jimmy in that scenario. And maybe we could keep Alex Caruso, who came on strong for the Lakers, uh, another guard at the end of the last season, you know, get him on a minimum contract. And then you got your $4.8 million to go spend on a, uh, another point guard somehow. I guess some of the other guys that, you know, if you, if you don't get the max player in free agency, some of the other players that would be available that I would think that you guys would be all in on would some, be somebody like JJ Redick with his shooting. If you could pry him away from Philadelphia and, and with all the stuff that they're doing there, you know, Danny Green, we just saw in the finals, you know, if he would be interested, anybody else that you would have in mind, if you, if you can't get that other Max guy, some of the guys that we've mentioned? 
I definitely, you know, would want to see some defense around us. It's really hard to say who's going to be available at what price. There's so many teams that have cap space this offseason that I think some of those mid-level price guys may be going for, you know, a little bit more than than usual with all the cap space availability. So I I don't know what the best combination of packages that they'd have available to them. I'd definitely try and split it into multiple players um, if you could to fill out the roster, but hard to say where the value is going to be doing that. Brooke Lopez was somebody that you had a year ago, which I never understood why that you didn't keep him. But. Uh, oh, that just killed me. That was just so stupid. I mean, you need, you know, a floor spacing big Lakers floor spacing was just horrible last year. And you got LeBron, you know, coming in, you're, you, you want to spread the floor and letting Lopez just walk for, I don't know what he, it was like 3.5 million or something with Milwaukee when he Definitely was interested in coming back. One of the bigger offseason moves for the Lakers was having Magic uh, resign. That was actually a good thing, I think, for the Lakers because it was not a good situation there. And you're kind of wondering how long is he going to stay with the organization? Would Jeannie ever even fire him if she needed to? And having him step aside, even though it was a circus, was really in our best interest, I think. Well, with these injuries for a millisecond, I think the Rockets thought that they might have the best team in the West because Durant, he's he's gone next year with the injury. Uh, you know, the Golden State also won't have Clay for some of the year, probably won't be 100%. I, I would guess all of next year, even if he comes back. So this is where it gets interesting. At, at this very second, uh, who's the second best team in the West? And, and, and where do you put the the ratings of like, you know, one, two, three, maybe in, in the Western Conference? I don't know. You know, I was definitely thinking, you know, who would stand to gain, you know, with those injuries. I thought the Rockets, if they were not facing all those weapons uh, and if they just ran it back, they'd have a really good chance to advance. Denver, they're a young team and they had a good playoff run. So, you know, getting that experience under their belt, too, would be huge. And then, of course, you know, I'm hoping Lakers, if they get a good max, uh, another max free agent come here, are going to be a strong contender. It feels like even if they get good role players, I mean, I I don't see how the Lakers maybe aren't the favorite because LeBron has the pedigree to to carry you through if unless he's just going to have a big drop off or or the injuries continue to happen. But he's got the pedigree to, to carry you through a playoff run as the main guy. But then to have Anthony Davis next to him and either role players or another star, but you're going to have some talent next to those two guys unless, you know, unless Rob, you trust Rob, you trust Rob to, to figure this out from here on? <laughs> that's that's uh, pretty scary. I mean, they haven't shown really any grasp of the nuances of the small trades or anything around um, the edges of the rosters they've been building. So that's definitely a little scary. You know, if you got AD, that's just massive. That's huge. You know, probably the most highly sought after player of his caliber that's been available is pretty amazing. You pulled that off. Um, You've got LeBron, like you said, who can carry team still, I think. And then, you know, Kyle Kuzma last year, he had, he dropped 41 points in three quarters against the team. So he can have huge nights as well. You know, that's a pretty good foundation. We've got a new coach. He wants to play five out. He wants floor spacing, um, something that neither LeBron had last year or Anthony Davis. They didn't have good floor spacing. Now we should, if if things play out the way we, we hope. It should be fun. What's the reaction on the website? What's the reaction on Lakers ground? It's pretty mixed. I mean, there's a lot of excitement for sure, but, you know, you've 
there's a part of you that sees, you know, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, you know, these young guys growing and you, um, you get attached to them and you want to see those guys succeed. And then we've already gone through, you know, losing Julius Randle and sending off uh, D'Angelo Russell. So all the young guys you kind of get attached to, you know, Kuzma somehow is the last man standing out of all that. So people are definitely sad to see him go. Um, but there's still that whole caveat of the max cap space. How can we use it? You know, can we bring in a huge name? So that's going to be on everyone's mind till July 1. You know, I was thinking about this, uh, just looking at what the Rockets offseason has been so far. It, it, it felt like they went into a panic mode. Tillman Fertitta uh, just kind of playing games with Mike D'Antoni's head. I, I didn't quite understand what that was all about. And I'm just curious, like you're looking at this from afar that the Rockets are saying, you know, Everybody might be on the block, the the coaching situation. They've gotten rid of assistant coaches. There's, you know, four guys are gone. How did you look at that from watching the Rockets against Golden State? What did you think of, like, how they played? And, and do you feel like James Harden can do this, can lead a team to a championship as the number one guy? And do you feel like the Rockets panicked at all? Felt like they were definitely going into panic mode. Like, you know, we need to shift gears majorly. But then, you know... Pull Durant out of the picture, pull Clay Thompson out of the picture. And if you guys didn't have to face those two players and you didn't have to face, you know, Lo- even Looney was injured, I think that you guys were right there, right on the cusp. I mean, you're watching the Rockets. We, we, we're trying to be objective about it. What do you feel like, you know, with James Harden as you watch him and you watched him at the end of that series? Do you feel like that was on James Harden? Or do you say that Golden State, I mean, they still, even without Kevin Durant, you still have an MVP in Steph Curry. You still got one of the best clutch players in NBA history, I think, in Klay Thompson. You still have one of the best defensive players in NBA history, the the best in the league right now, and Draymond Green on that team. And it just seems like even without Durant, I felt like they were still more talented than the Rockets. But in in the NBA, also, you, you think, well, there's... There's one basketball. There's only one basketball, and you still <laughs> can put that basketball in James Harden's hands and win the game. And and I was just so disappointed in that last game in the final few minutes as I watched you know James throw the ball away twice with two terrible turnovers. He misses a layup. Um, they just seemed like they went into a little bit of a panic mode, especially James, I thought, towards the end of that game. And, and it's just like, I've seen it over and over again. And it just, that that's what bothers me. And, you know, in, in game sixes and sevens, which they've had, you know, mostly against golden state over the last three years, but they had the one game six against uh Kawhi Leonard led Spurs team two years ago. Now, um, you know, they, they're, they're minus 70 in those games with their giant James Harden is minus 70 plus minus when he's on the floor in those game sixes and sevens, obviously the game six this year, game six and seven last year, of course, without Chris Paul, but you know, he didn't have to face Kawhi Leonard in that game six, two years ago, and they still got crushed. So for me, I just, I'm not a believer in him and he's still has to prove it to me that he can do it in big situations. Do you believe like all the, the public criticism that are not public, but national criticism about him or are you a little bit more measured as far as, you know, where James Harden is as a star player? Probably a little more, more measured. I think with the system you guys are running and everything, it's so tough to put so much on one guy's shoulders. 
in the playoffs where teams can game plan against him majorly. You know, if you're so focused on this, everything going through the, you know, the one guy, you know, teams are going to take away your first option, then your second option, then your third. And so it just becomes tougher and tougher, you know, as series goes on, you know, he's got to find a way to, to impact the game when things aren't, you know, going his way. I remember Kobe versus Boston in game seven of the finals. He was just having a horrible game. And then, you know, he was had decided he needed to do other things. And you saw him hitting rebounds, you know, going after loose balls, hustling, doing all this other stuff. And then he's not the guy who made the huge pass. I mean, made the huge shot. It was Ron Artest, you know, at the end of the game who knocked down that big three. But you got to have guys around you that you can rely on and then you got to trust them and you got to be able to counter all the pressure that's put against you. When you're in the playoffs and they can game plan against you and your focus is so much going through uh, one guy, you really got to have your counters mastered. And um, So maybe that's what... Houston uh, was a little upset about with maybe some of the coaching staff and stuff was not being prepared for that. I haven't even had a chance to to talk about it on the podcast, the the NBA finals much because, you know, we've been having so much stuff to talk about here with, uh, you know, Houston sports and the Rockets and the Astros and the Texans. But just be curious to get your thoughts on the NBA finals. I felt like if Kevin Durant played and Clay Thompson was was healthy as well, I thought that Golden State was going to win that series. It was going to be difficult, probably was going to go six or seven games because I had a lot of respect for Toronto and their length and their defensive ability and Kawhi and all of that. But at the same time, I thought without Kevin Durant, I thought Toronto should have been the favorite team with home field advantage, home court advantage in, in, the, in that series. However, you know, I, I sometimes forget how good Clay can be in, in big situations and with Clay on the floor at, at the end of that game six, I thought that Golden State still might have pulled it out. I just thought they might have lost in game seven. Do you feel like Golden State would have won it without question with Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson healthy? And do you think that they would have won it with only Clay Thompson uh, healthy as, uh, and, and not Kevin Durant? That's the story we kind of all wanted to see play out. You know, KD's back. What's going to happen? Or, you know, what's this? What's the story going to be like for the rest of the series? And then he went down. It's just tragic. That that definitely could have been a whole different series there. Um, and then you got Clay going down after having 30 points in three quarters. And, you know, him heading into the fourth quarter. And the NBA is so reliant on wings being able to produce. And you're losing Durant. And now you're losing Clay for that fourth quarter. Um, I definitely feel like, yeah, the Golden State probably would have pulled that off in game six. You would have had a game seven. You know, game seven, anything can go. Uh, you got an experienced team with the Warriors. You've got kind of inexperienced with Toronto. Even though they got home court, anything can go there, I think. So that would have been fascinating to watch. Um but, you know, that's the way it goes. You know, uh, Golden State had got their breaks with teams that had injuries and things like that. And so it's just, you know, the basketball gods kind of ended the, the run there, I guess. Yeah, and I, I just I hate when people talk about, well, you know, Toronto won because of injuries. Well, you know, Chris Paul doesn't get hurt last year. The Rockets probably win that series, you know, game six, game seven. You could say, oh, I don't think so. But, I mean, the Rockets had, I thought – you know, played played like the better team for the first five games of that series. And then you go back to 2015 and Golden State got all sorts of break throughout that playoff run. And then it all ended in the finals where LeBron didn't have the help of Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving for basically 
almost the entire series. So uh, the next year they beat them <laughs> with those two guys healthy. So that tells you kind of where uh, things are sometimes with how injuries happen. And, and, you know, Golden State, you know, they got some advantages some years and they didn't get the breaks uh, this time. But, you know, I, th- I think Toronto is a hell of a champion. It's, it's a great story. And, and I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier, it's just r- really interesting, Stephen, when you look at it uh, long term now, because teams are going to maybe a l- be a little bit more aggressive the way that uh, Messiah Jury was and, and say, OK, we- we've got a one year shot. We think we can win the championship if we get Kawhi Leonard or a player of that caliber for a year. And then, you know, just, you know, if we don't, you know, we took a shot, you know, and it's it's worth that shot because you you can win a championship if you have one of the top five players in the NBA, it seems like you almost have to have one of the top five players in the NBA to win it. Yeah, definitely. You got to have the best two-way play you can get out of every position for as much as you can. Um, so you definitely need some of those top players. I mean, so the NBA, they saw Kawhi being traded. He didn't want to go there, wins the championship. That's definitely worth that that gamble. You saw, you know, Paul George even saying, hey, he wanted to come to LA, but Oklahoma made the trade anyway. And he decided to stay. Um, so both of those scenarios, even if Kawhi left Toronto this season, both of those scenarios are wins for the franchises for gambling on that. From the Lakers side, I mean, they're definitely gambling if, you know, they aren't able to sign uh, AD for an extension anytime, you know, during the season. So they're going to have, you know, this time next year, it's going to be nervous time maybe um, for them. But uh, you're hoping that it all pays off one way or another. If I'm looking at the hierarchy, if I'm honest with myself at this point, you know, going into next year, and this is, you know, we're saying this right at this moment. It's just, you know, just timestamp this thing. Me and you were talking Sunday, <laughs> June 16th at 9.30 yeah. p.m. And we're having this conversation. But if, if I'm looking at it, if the Lakers, you know, if everybody's healthy uh, that we assume can be healthy going into the playoffs next year, and obviously Kawhi, or uh Kevin Durant is is not going to be healthy and, and probably Clay Thompson's only going to be, you know, 60 or 70 percent of Clay Thompson, we would assume. But if that's the case, I mean, I, I got to say my hierarchy would be, you know, the Lakers would be number one. And I, I almost I, I do want to put the Rockets at number two at this point without without a, if Clay was healthy, I would say 100 percent. If If he didn't have the ACL injury, I, I definitely feel like you know, they're still better than the Rockets, but I think the Rockets would be too. Then I would put Golden State, uh, you know, Denver's coming up. They're getting better. I just don't think they've got what the ex- with the experience and some of the stuff that the other teams have. But, you know, I think Denver's going to, you know, they're going to be heard from and maybe even Portland, you know, with Nurkic and, and, and Stoudemire. But, I mean, it, it, that's how I kind of look at it. I mean, do you disagree with that? One, two, three, four, five? No, I think for the Lakers, obviously, it's the whole use of cap space. If they can get a max player, which, you know, we kind of anticipate that they will, you know, you're going to have to put them on on top there. And then I would put Rockets, yeah, right right there, probably number two. Definitely, you know, we'll probably be going head to head if we all stay healthy and we get to the playoffs healthy. It'll be fun. Yeah, this this should be really interesting. Do you just assume Kevin Durant? now stays with Golden State and it signs a long-term deal or how, how, what's going to happen with him? Now, I think, I think a number of teams will, would offer him a full 
contract if he came out in free agency. If he didn't pick up his option, I think any number of teams would say, yeah, we'll gamble. Uh, him not playing next year, no problem. Um, him coming back and maybe being a little slower still, you know, one of the greatest in the game. I, I, a number of teams would do that. So I'd kind of be surprised if he didn't con- keep with the plan, that whatever plan he had going into this offseason. But I'm saying, do you think that plan is him leaving? <laughs> I do think that's probably what's going to happen. I'm assuming he's going probably to somewhere in the East. Nets or Knicks. Is it now like 50-50, do you think, Kawhi leaving? Or do you still think he'd be he's sort of le- leaning towards the Clippers? You're asking me to get into Kawhi's mind again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 50-50 sounds good to me because that could go either way. Yeah, I I really don't know what what to think about him. I mean, did you see like when as soon as they won the championship, he had the normal reaction we all would have like, yeah. And then that lasted like three seconds. And then he is like, oh. <laughs> Back in, yeah, yeah. I was. I think I tweeted out. You know, I'm hope. I was hoping that you know the post game would be just, uh, you know, just love winning a championship. You know, thanks to Toronto. But you know, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's still got. You know, he's still got a party with the guys. He's still got maybe what a, a parade or something going on, right? He can't. Uh... <laughs> He's man. I would not want to play poker against him. That's for sure. That that would be so kawaii. But uh, Kemba Walker, do you think he's going to leave? Can he turn down the supermax? I would be surprised if he turned down a supermax. Really would. Clay Clay staying with Golden State though. No question. Clay staying. No question. Yeah. Even if he was healthy. Yeah. No question that he's going to stay with them. Uh, maybe this is as hard as getting into the mind of Kawhi. But can you get into the head of of uh, our? our Tom Ball down that he grew up down the street here. Jimmy Butler, like, what? Where is he going? I don't know. I know. I know he's had expressed interest in playing in L.A. So would not surprise me, you know, if he ended up there. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he stayed either. Um, I would say probably one of those two scenarios seems likely. And he regrets on giving up D'Angelo Russell. He's a restricted free agent too. Yeah, Russell. So it all comes down to this offseason. So if we kept Russell. This would be the off season where, you know, we'd either get rid of him or keep him. So um, we sent him out with the ability to get cap space, which we can use this off season. So if they get a really good player, um, then I would say there's probably no regrets there because they were able to work that in the cap space, and they got a pick that, you know, eventually, depending on how you look at it, it was the pick that we picked uh, Kyle Kuzma with. I threw this out there, and and I'm interested to wait you think on this and I don't know what you would do, but Boogie Cousins is a free agent. Uh, He's likely, I guess, not to stay with Golden State because of the money that they gave him initially and what he could get. Um, I kind of feel like if you're the Houston Rockets, they're going to have a mid-level exception to hand out. And, you know, they've got Austin Rivers that they're looking at, you know, Kenneth Fareed. They have some players that they picked up you know, in the middle of the season that they could give that money at. But if I'm the Rockets, you know, how do you get better when you don't have any flexibility and maybe it's boogie cut, maybe you make the gamble. I mean, I'm not a fan of him, you know, his personality. I don't like, you know, a lot of his, I I guess, basketball IQ at times. There's a lot of stuff I don't like about boogie cousins, but at the same time, you know, this is somebody that you could pay a mid-level exception to. And I I don't think anybody's going to, throw the bank at Boogie. I can't imagine that, you know, after, you know, all the injuries towards the end of the season and, and, you know, trying to come back from this injury that is 
really difficult to come back from for any player at any point in, in their career, um, especially somebody with the work ethic that Boogie Cousins has, that you want to take a, a big chance and give any sort of max or major contract to. Do, would you would you give uh, a mid-level exception to Boogie Cousins? Do you think that would be worth it? Yeah, that's a. I mean, he did not look good. I didn't think he looked good at all. Definitely no no bounce. You know, he's getting out rebounded by smaller guys, so he's still got so much that he needs to work on to recover. And then you look at the market. I I think bigs aren't going at a premium like they used to at all. Um, and they're almost, in some instances, you know, you kind of want to get everything else settled first before thinking about the big. So I don't think the market's there for him. He's definitely available for, I would say, yeah, like a cheap deal like he signed with the Warriors still. Um, I don't think he proved anything in the playoffs. And so, yeah, that's a good question. You know, does he fit with your system? Do you have to play him even if he's not looking great? You know, what kind of locker room situation will he be? You know, it's a, it's a gamble. Uh, it depends on your need um, at that position. I would think how big of a gamble, whether it's worth it. Yeah, I don't know if it'd totally be worth it for you guys or not, you know, because like you said, you had a couple other players that maybe you want to keep instead. There's this whole thing with small ball that's happened over the last few years. And a lot of that has to do with Golden State sort of setting the tone and Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala and all these guys that have the ability to do what they can. But it's almost impossible for other teams to match that type of talent. But they've been trying to do that to match up to Golden State. I don't think that's there anymore, Stephen. And you look at Toronto, and one of the things that you know they were able to do with Golden State was just you know have that length and guys one after another that they could put out there, whether it was Gasol or Ibaka or the Siaktopus or you know just I mean it was you know they they had all that height Kawhi obviously um, to throw at Golden State, and I I just think that um, you don't have to think in those terms anymore and you know, with, with the Rockets, get some size and, and Boogie would help you a little bit. I mean, yeah, he plays the same position as Capella, but I, I think if there's a healthy Boogie, we've seen that you could play Boogie with another big with Anthony Davis. And, you know, there, there's disadvantages to it, obviously, from the defensive standpoint, but you're, you, you do get defensive rebounds with Boogie and you do get uh, the, the advantages that he has on the offensive end. And it also gives you another option with Capella. You know, he's had some struggles in the playoffs uh, for, for whatever reason, I, you know, especially this year. I don't know what what got into him, but, you know, it's something that I would at least think about because, you know, if, if Boogie does take it up another level and he does get healthier and it usually takes, you know, at least a full year to recover um, from that injury, you know, you, you got somebody that, you know, has the capability of being an all-star level player and you can get them on a super cheap contract. And, you know, to me, it might, it might just be worth that gamble because it's not like you're getting anything all that spectacular with a mid-level exception. You have to consider, consider it for sure, depending on your situation. I mean, the thing about small ball, you need, what the advantage is, is you've, you've got a big that can, when you do the switching that can defend the guards. Um, And so they were picking on boogie um, big time you know, getting the switches. So like with Draymond, he can defend, he can defend the guards. And ideally with a small, smaller player like Draymond, you've got someone who can stretch the floor. He wasn't that great at it, but he's, you know, an excellent passer and was being aggressive attacking. But ideally, you know, you've got someone who can stretch the floor from that position and guard uh, point guards when you got a switch like that and then grab rebounds. So I think teams are still going to play that way if they can. 
Um, it gives you a lot of advantages. Otherwise, you know, it's just so much about matchups, so much about getting those switches and things like that. And I don't know that Boogie's ever going to be back to being where he was, especially on the defensive end. I mean, certainly you can get him playing offensively. You can get some benefit on that side of the floor for sure. Well, it seems like uh, the Lakers have kind of stumbled into this. I mean, you get LeBron that wanted to be a Laker. I I didn't feel like uh, it was anything spectacular that the Lakers organization did. You have Anthony Davis that wanted to play with LeBron and you had the whole, you know, that circus that, that all happened to, to coordinate and, and make these two guys end up being with the Los Angeles Lakers. You, you have two of the best players in, in, in the NBA over the last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years playing for the Lakers right now, Steven. I mean, are, are you excited about it or are you, there's still like this big trepidation because, uh, you know, uh, Jerry's daughter doesn't seem to have the Jerry magic uh, at this point. Well, we'll see. I think so much is dependent on what happens July 1 um, for this team. You know, if you strike out badly on that, um, you know, you could be floundering a bit. I I think they've they've done a good job setting themselves up for this moment. You know, how much of it was them pulling LeBron versus LeBron wanting to be here? I think, you know, LeBron definitely wanted to be here. And then we suddenly saw, you know, Anthony Davis uh, sign with Clutch. And you're thinking, oh, now we got a good chance of pulling him in here as well. And then that happened. LeBron as the godfather is probably where I'm putting more of my trust in versus Jeannie or Rob Palenka right now. Just what, what, what he's able to help the team maneuver and do. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what what they've got left in the bag of tricks, and I I, I think this is where uh, they could turn from okay, they're one of the top three or four favorites to win the championship to being the team that we think for sure can win a championship. And this is this is where it gets kind of you're right. It's 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 basically you've got it to one level, uh, which is a great level to be in to, to be in that conversation, but being able to get it to that next level. Yeah, you don't want to stumble rounding third here. You know, see if you can make it all the way home. Well, man, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, it's always good to catch up with you. Thank you. It was fun. Uh, you know, and if we get uh, a big free agent like Kawhi, let's do it again. Absolutely, yeah. yeah we got to do it again if, if Kawhi shows up. <laughs> yep. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>